How you doing? Yeah. Good. Good to see you. Uh, it's always a great thrill to be here at Forever House, and I want to thank Brad and Sarah for uh, inviting me to come back, and it's uh, always a joy. And uh, you know, for this church, I love this church. This church is so prophetic, and uh, there's so many prophecies from this church that given to me that I still listen to, uh, and it's so awesome. So, so wonderful to be here, and also um, just uh, you know, nice to be back in this area. It's funny, you know, I live on the Gold Coast now, and uh, you know, it's very different down there. And uh, but it's, you know, I I think uh, you know God's blessed me. I, for many years, I lived at Goodna, uh, and uh, and uh, so I just proved you know I'd serve God anywhere. And, uh, and so now we live down in Burley, praise God, and uh, which is uh, really really awesome. But so thrilled to be here, and so good to see you. And uh, every time I come in, there's always come new renovation, new change, and. Uh, you know, the coolness level here just keeps going higher and higher. So uh, I think it's because the anointing on your pastors slows down, and uh, which is so good. So, so good to see you, and uh, always a joy to share uh, the Word of God with you. Uh, if you read Bibles, uh, turn with me uh, to the book of 1 Chronicles, uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. Uh, if you don't know where that is, it's just before 2 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 4. And got to read verses 8 to 11. 1 Chronicles 4, uh, 8 to 11, says this. And Cos begot Anub, Zobabah, and the families of Ahel, the son of Haran. Now Jabez was more honourable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, I that you will bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that you will hammer me with me, that you will keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Chela, the brother Shua, begot Mahir, who was the father of Eshron. The title of my message today is There's No Harm in Asking. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you to pray that you show us what's available to us. I thank you and praise you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, for a number of years, um, my daily devotion was basically read four chapters of the Bible. Uh, and that way, if you do that, about four or five chapters of the Bible every day, you eventually cover the entire Bible in a year. So for a number of years, I would do that. Now, very often, there'd be times when I was quite time poor. And so there'd be times I'd be tempted to skip passages of Scripture. That would be especially so when it came to passages involving what's called the genealogies. So the genealogies is basically all those passages of Scripture where they say such and such begat, such and such begat, such and such begat, such and such. And so, you know, because quite long passages, uh, 1 Chronicles is full of Well, the first few chapters is all the genealogies, and there have been times where I was tempted to just jump over it, go to more passages which were like kind of historical or a narrative or something like that. However, if you do that, and you do that in 1 Chronicles, you can actually miss one of the great gems within the passages of Scripture, and that is known as the prayer of Jabez, found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. In the midst of what, in the midst of the genealogies, it actually says this. It says, Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. His mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him his name. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain, and God granted what he requested. How amazing. You've got hundreds of years of names and genealogical lines. And then in the midst of it, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's just this little story about a prayer prayed by a guy named Jabez. It kind of almost doesn't fit. It's almost like a station break in the middle of the cricket. 
you know, or somehow, you know, you're watching the cricket and all of a sudden there's like breaking news, there's another storm coming from Toowoomba towards Brisbane, you know, that sort of thing, and then you go back to what you were watching. That's kind of like it is. In the middle of the genealogies, there's an interruption of a prayer prayed by a guy named Jabez. Now, I am sure he's not the only person who prayed a prayer in the midst of all those genealogies. I'm sure that every one of these people at some point prayed some kind of prayer. Yet his prayer was one that was one that God felt was so important that he decided to interrupt the genealogies and list it so that we would actually know what it is. What that tells me is what he prayed for was something that God wanted us to hear. Not only that, what he prayed for was something that actually must have been God's will for his life. Because the Bible said he prayed for all these things and then at the end of it, God granted what he requested. Not only that, Jabez, this is the only time that Jabez is listed in Scripture. He's not even listed in the genealogies. And yet God takes a guy who's not even listed in the genealogies and interrupts the genealogies and he lists his prayer. So what that tells me is that it's God's will for your life. It's important. It's something that God wants for every single one of us. So if you're worried about what to pray when you're praying the will of God, why don't you pray the prayer of Jabez? Because obviously it's something that God felt was so important that we needed to hear, and it was something that God actually felt was so important that he actually said that it was his his will, and God granted what he requested. So I want to talk to you today about there's no harm in asking, about a few things you can ask God for, the things that Jabez asked God for, and God granted what he requested. The first thing it says is this. It says that Jabez says, uh, Lord, I pray that you would bless me indeed. The first thing that Jabez asked for was actually for God to bless him. He was actually asking for the blessing of God. A number of years ago, I was with a bunch of young people, and what we were doing was we were praying the prayer of Jabez. And I said, okay, I want to take each point, and I want you to pray each point of this prayer. So the first thing I want you to ask God for is ask God to bless you. And when we did that, some of the kids were like really shy. And they didn't want to do it. I said, oh, I feel a bit wrong about it. Can I actually ask God to bless me? Yeah. You know, I want to pray for God to bless other people. I want to pray for God to bless those in need. But can I really ask God to bless me? Well, apparently so. Because Jabez asked and God granted what he requested. It's God's desire for you to be blessed. Amen. It's God's desire for you to experience Praise his blessing. God. One of the ways that he blesses us is actually in the realm of provision. The Bible says in Proverbs that the blessing of the Lord attracts wealth and he adds no sorrow to it. That it's actually God's desire to provide for his people. Amen. In fact, um, when God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and he said to him, I'm going to bless you, um, that for a man like that, like Abraham, who actually came from that Middle Eastern background, when he heard that, he would have interpreted that to mean material increase in life. And if you look at his life and the life of the generations after them, one of the key factors was that they were actually uh, prosperous and God actually provided for them. So when you're a carrier of the blessing of God, when you ask God to bless you, one of the things that can come and pass in your life is actually God's provision. I've seen this happen in my life many, many times, especially in times where I felt like I didn't know where the provision was coming from especially in times where I thought that I'm in a place of lack. What I've learned is that as a carrier of the blessing of God, believing for God to bless me, he can provide from sources that you never even expect. A number of years ago, 
when I was like a minister, and so I used to come in all the time when I was a travelling speaker. And one of the things was I actually uh, had this bill come in one week, and um, it was for about four and a half thousand bucks. Uh, and it came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it, and it was due in about a month's time. And I just didn't have the money to pay for it. And I'm like, Lord, you know, I'm just, you know, could you provide for me, you know? And uh, and leading right up to the week it was due, I actually did not have the money to pay for it. Uh, three days out from when it was due, uh, there was a knock on our front door. And I went out the door, and there was a guy who lived down the street, a Christian guy, and his name was Bruce. And, uh, I, and, I, and he'd never been in my house before, I'd known him, and that's all he would have never been in the house. And I said, Hey, Bruce, what are you up to? And he's standing on the porch, and then he just walks inside. And I said, Well, come on in. <laughs> so he comes in, and, and he's standing in the uh, living room, and, uh, and I said, Well, Come into the dining room. Come to the dining room. We're sitting at the kitchen table. And I said to him, uh, and he's just sitting there. And I said, oh, so uh, what's going on? And uh, he said, well, uh, I was praying. And I felt God say, uh, I've got to give you some money. I said, uh, praise the Lord, how much? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, I'm not going to tell you but it, right now, but what, if you give me your bank details, I'll put it in your bank account right now. Do you know your bank details? I'll say, oh, one, four, six, seven, two. I just want to say, we do our tin, we've got to have it on hand all the time. And, uh, and so I was really on phone and I give it to him. And, uh, and he starts, you know, punching it in. It's taking him a while. He goes, oh, they won't let me do it all at once. The one praise God. And so eventually it's through. He goes, look, okay, I just transferred it. He says, I won't tell you what it is, but we'll see it tonight. And I said, praise God. Wake up this morning at 5 a.m. And, uh, and, and, <laughs> and I opened up my internet banking, and inside was 5,000 bucks. Wow. The four and a half I needed for my bill in my $500 time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise Amen. God. Praise God. I didn't know where it was coming from. But when you carry the blessing of God, when you ask God to bless you, He can release supernatural provision. <laughs> into your life like you never even expected. Jabez asked, Lord, I pray that you bless me indeed. And God granted what he requested. The next thing was this. He says, oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. So the first thing you can believe for is blessing. Now, check this out. How cheeky. I mean, he's interrupted the genealogies already. <laughs> he's got, he kind of got his head in the door. He says, oh, would you bless me indeed? God says, okay. And then he asks for another thing. How cheap. You know, my kids, when they ask me for something, I'm a bit reticent to give them to say yes. Because I just know this is just the first ask. That if I cave into this, then the next thing they're going to ask for will be straight away. And Jabez says, Lord, I pray that you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. How cheeky, how rude, how obnoxious. And God granted what he requested. The second thing that you can believe for is increase. That you can get, believe God for increase and expansion in whatever you're doing. I'm a big believer that we serve a God of the increase. Amen. Literally, whatever he gives us, Praise he God. wants us to see expanded, increased, and enlarged. That that is actually the heart of God. If you read in the New Testament, one of the parables told by Christ, it talked about how a master had a number of servants and gave them a different amount of coins. And he says to them, put this money to work. 
Somebody gave 10 coins and the man who had, the servant who had 10 coins went away and earned 10 more, brought them back to the master. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Well, I'm going to give you now 10 cities. Then the second servant came to him and had five coins and he turned, made five more. He brought them back to the master and the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. Take charge of five cities. And then there was the third servant who only had one coin. I can imagine him looking at the other guys who got all their coins. So that's not fair. How come God gave them 10 and 5 and only me 1? Which shows me that actually God isn't a communist. <laughs> Amen. And so what I don't want to do was, instead of multiplying or doing anything with it, he looked at the little that he had Chris. and hid it in the handkerchief, Chris. and then he eventually brought it back to the master when it was time to return that money. And he came to the master and said, see, master, I've got the coin that you gave me. I, you know, I haven't lost it. I haven't wasted it. Here, this is for you. I would have thought the master, who's the type of guy, would have said, oh, that's all right, little fast. Don't worry about it. I gave the other guys more. I know I didn't give you as much. But don't worry about it. It's okay. The other guy, you're 10 coins. You've only got the one here. That's fine. Thanks for not wasting it or losing it. That's not actually what happened. The master said to him, get behind me, you wicked servant. And he cast him out. Why? Not because he expected him to produce as much as the others. He just expected him to take whatever he was given and to increase and expand it. And that's actually God's desire for every single one of us. Amen. That what he gives us, we're a steward of, not just to retain and keep, but to advance and increase and enlarge. I believe that's God's desire for the kingdom of God. God hasn't called us. To be a group in defeat, sitting in a corner, singing Kumbaya, waiting for Jesus to return. He's actually called us to advance and to increase everything that he's given us. I know myself that of everything God's given me in ministry, what I take, I try and make sure I don't compare myself to others or anything like that. I take what God has given me, and then my goal is to increase, enlarge, and expand. And God will not judge me according to the success of others. He'll judge me according to what I have done with what he has given me. Amen. That is actually God's desire. It's God's desire for us to increase, expand, and to move forward the kingdom of God. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. It's actually God's desire. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That does not mean that the devil's walking around with gates, banging the defeated kingdom. Gates don't move. We're supposed to storm the gates and advance the kingdom of God. And we're to take territory for Jesus Christ. That's actually God's desire for every single one of us. And it doesn't matter if God's given us 10, 5, or 1 coin. It doesn't matter. We take what God has given us and believe for increase and advancement. I preached this message at my church at the start of the year, and there were some people who took it on board. And there was one uh, family in our church that had this company with their, an earth-moving company, and they put a map of the world up there. And they started believing for God to increase their business. And they said that God has this year already given them a couple of new countries to believe and expand their business in. Why is that? Because that is part of God's will for their life. Jabez said, Lord, I pray you enlarge my territory. And God granted what he requested. We can believe for increase Amen. in our lives. The third thing that we can believe for, he said, Lord, I pray that you bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me. That your hand, so he's asking for the hand of the Lord to be with him. Now, when the scripture talks about the hand of the Lord, depending on what it says, it means a different thing. So when it says the hand of the Lord comes upon someone, 
very often they would move in supernatural power. The hand of the Lord comes upon, they move in supernatural power. When the hand of the Lord is against you, that's talking about he's resisting. You can't advance, you can't move forward, you're out of his will. But when the hand of the Lord is with you, what that means is that you're actually unstoppable. That Amen. there's nothing that can actually stop you when the hand of the Lord is with you. So the third thing that he actually asked for and received was actually favour. Was favour. He was believing that in his endeavours, the hand of the Lord would be with him. And even any obstacle set up by the enemy would not be able to stop because the hand of the Lord was with him. And that's designating God's favour. Now, the thing about favour is that favour isn't fair. So what that means is this. When God has an area of favour in your life, he will open up opportunities that are actually closed to others. And so one of the keys to living the victorious Christian life is to find the areas of favour that God has on you and actually start moving in that direction. Every single one of us has areas of favour on our life. It's not the same for every single person. And one of the great keys to living a victorious life is to find that area, that slipstream of favour that God has, and you'll be amazed at the opportunities and the doors that God will open. And people will look at you and say, well, that's not fair. But favour ain't fair. And God has areas of favour upon every single one of our lives. church that I pastor is called King's Church, and probably the thing we've been most well known for over the years is actually Christian school. And uh, your pastors, uh, children come to our school. Uh, and so, um, and we have, our school is um, the largest Christian school in Australia uh, and is the uh, largest private school in Queensland. So we currently have two campuses, got one down at Reedy Creek with 2,000 students. Uh, we've got one at Pippermar, which currently has 700, but it only goes to year seven, so eventually we'll have 2,000 students. And so, uh, and we're also starting a new campus um, and actually doing a pre-launch today uh, out at Logan Village. Uh, and, so, and so it seems like we've got this great favour when it comes to schooling. Now, when you build school buildings, you need to get government funding. And so you go to a group called the Block Grant Authority and ask them for money. And they're kind of like the market. You know? And so and you make an application and what they say goes and that's sort of, they have an incredible amount of power. And so, but they are not, even the government is not used to our model. They're not used to schools planting other schools. And so we, um, and so we, we put in an application, we need funding for buildings uh, at our three campuses, you know, Reedy Creek, Pippermar, and the one we're building right now at Logan Village. And so in the application, because the government didn't really fully get our model, they didn't give us as much money as what we asked for. So they said, okay, we'll give you, We'll give you this amount for Logan Village. We'll give you this amount for Pippermar. We're not going to give you anything for Reedy Creek. You don't need it. And then, uh, and then our board were like, that's not right. They don't understand. We, we need all this money to do all these things. And so our board did something that has been rarely done before. They actually went and challenged the Block Grant Authority. So our principal and our chairman of the board came into Brisbane and they saw the Block Grant Authority and they said, listen, you don't understand. We need the money for all those properties because that's the economic driver to help us to actually expand. And so the Block Grant Authority did something that I never heard them do before, <coughs> probably something they've really done, they backed down. And they said, okay, you can have another half a million dollars. I was like, oh, praise God. Uh, 
another time, uh, our uh, board went and visited uh, the Logan City Council. Well, then they had one. And so we went and visited the Logan City Council and, uh, and we're talking to them about the fees. So what happens is the councils can gouge you for all these fees. You know, when you're starting something. And basically, to start the school out there, uh, the, just the basic council fees were somewhere between two, three million dollars. And so the chairman of our school board goes to see them and said, hey, sees the entire council and said, listen, um, you know, we're actually helping the community out here. Uh, what we're going to do is going to create a community hub. We're going to be a blessing to the community. You need us to actually do this. It's cheaper for society, for people to do private schools than it is to actually do public schools because it costs the government a lot less. Uh, and so, and, and they said, so, you know, do we really need to pay all these fees? And the council looked at each other and said, yeah. Why do they pay all these fees? You know what? Don't have to pay any fees. Yeah. So now that's not fair. Yeah. But favour ain't fair. Yeah. God has a when the hand of the Lord is with you, God will open up opportunities that are shut to others. Amen. I'm here to let you know that you can believe and ask for God's favour. Jabez asked that his hand would be with him. And God granted what he requested. Some of you are stepping into something that you've been fruitful in and you believe in God for some particular kind of doors opening and that sort of thing. There's no harm in asking. The next thing you can ask for is this. He says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, large my virtue, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil. Funny is that? He's asking for God to bless him with all this stuff. And then he says, Lord, that you would keep me from evil. It's like, why would he ask for that? Because he probably knows that if you're asking believe to have a life like this, there's an enemy that's not going to like it. And so what that means is that he knows that if he's going to live this kind of life, an advancing life, that he's actually got to pray and believe for God's protection. And God granted what he requested you know, God says to Abraham, he says, I'll bless those who bless you. And he says, I will curse those who curse you. Part of the blessing of God is actually that God will actually provide his protection for every single one of us. You've heard me say here before a couple of years ago that in the letter of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armour of God. Help of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, feet shot with the gospel of peace. And shield of faith, sword of the spirit. It's all armor for your front. I've heard people say things like, oh, you know, see, you know, that's God doesn't put armor on our back because we're supposed to move forward and we're supposed to be advancing. But who are not supposed to turn our back on the enemy? But who knows if you're continually advancing, the enemy still wants to stick it to you in the back. So why is it that you don't have armor for your back? Because God's got your back. <laughs> And he'll actually take care of you. The thing you can ask and believe for is actually God's protection. Started last year, took over a church on the Gold Coast, as I told you, called King's Church, and uh, had a glorious history, but was going through a difficult time. Uh, when I first got the job, uh, the search committee, uh, they said, okay, now that you've got the job, a couple of things you need to know. There were two lawsuits sitting on the desk waiting for us. Um, we have there was all this money that, you know, a number of years ago had this amount of money, now it's all gone. I've worked out later that they actually lost eight and a half million in long-term asset. Not only that, when I got there, that the church was deeply, deeply divided. 
There were board members and elders who would not sit down at the same table and talk. There was also a church splitting operation and a second one forming. So there were staff members still staying on staff so they could stay and try and weave people out of the church to help them with their new work. You know, I'd come into my foyer at my own church and I felt real weird, you know, like, get their people kind of talking behind their heads. You got closer, they stopped talking. Like Even had a couple of people come up to me out of the blue and say, it's like, they say, don't worry, Pastor Ben, I'm not going. Not one part. Found out later we had someone working in our cafe and talking to the other staff and on a Sunday saying to them, so you going to come and join us or what? It was absolutely incredible. Not only that, we had some public slander of me on social media and that sort of thing. Even had someone sent me a present and they said, look, this is a present because I don't like everything that's being said about you. I'm like, what's being said about me? And it was absolutely, absolutely crazy. And so long for, for at least a year, you walk around and like Psalm 23, day though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And you think, how could you possibly survive? It sounds like a complete basket case. And it sounds like, you know, what's going on? It sounds like it's a sure thing that you're actually not going to survive. But in spite of all that, God has done incredible things. And for the first time in a long time, we actually made a profit. And when I first got there, they were projecting a $200,000 loss, but we actually made a $200,000 profit, which is a 400k turnaround. This year we've already made, praise God, and this year we've already made that. And, and uh, we probably lost about 150 people, but in spite of that, we grew about 5%, so we gained about 200 people. And, and, and our new campus was starting to go well, and, and, and finances started turning around. And now things are going to go there, and it feels a lot warmer. And today we're actually starting the pre-launch of our next campus, and I haven't told my church this, so please keep it a secret, but I've got a fourth campus online, which I'll probably tell them in the next six weeks. And, and we're continually moving and advancing because it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. Amen. God's got you back. Amen. He said, Lord, I pray that you would keep me from evil. You know, the devil can't just decide to get you. It's not that powerful. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I love that verse. It's so encouraging. Because it means you can't devour whoever he wants. He's seeking who he may devour. He can't just decide to take you out. There's no way. God might allow him to attack for a season, but he can't take you out. Because God's got your back and he will protect you. Also, so you know that when you're about to hit some kind of breakthrough on your level, because it seems like there's just like an attack on every side. Seemingly unrelated. All these things happening all around you. All of that is designed by the enemy to tell you to give up and to stop. I remember a number of years ago, I just had this crazy thing happen in my itinerant ministry. And uh, without going too much into it, had a lot of, um, you know, I've been treated unfairly in a number of places. It was probably about 2015, 2014, something like that. And because it was coming from a whole lot of different angles, I was praying. I said, Lord, I said, is this a sign from you that I'm supposed to stop all this attack? Is this a sign that I'm supposed to quit this and go on something else? And he said something to me as clear as well. He goes, he goes, we don't let other people decide what we do. He said, you stop this when you feel like it, or I tell you. We don't let the devil tell us. And I thought, praise God. And we came through and we endured and we did it for a few more years. And then when I finished on the road, I finished because I wanted to finish. The devil cannot stop you. God will keep you 
from evil. And some of you are in a season right now where there's attack from every side. I'm going to let you know that's just a sign that breakthrough is on the way. That if you can endure, you will persist, you continue doing what God's called you to do, you will come out the other side. He will keep you from evil. The next thing that he actually prayed for. So the first thing he prayed for was blessing. I think it will bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory, increase. That your hand would be with me, favour. That you would keep me from evil, protection. That I may not cause pain. That I may not cause pain. Has Jabez got like anger issues? Stop me, Lord, I'm going to smash him. I just want to go around hitting people. You've got to stop me. That I may not cause pain. If you don't do this for me, Lord, I'm just going to go around and help people. No, no. Makes more sense when you understand his name means pain. Yeah, what his name is. Jabez means pain. His mum called him Jabez because she bore him in pain. So imagine that. That's your name. Pain. Pain. Excuse me. Has anyone seen my pain? Mum loses you at the shopping centre. Comes out over loud speaker. Pain. Pain. Mum comes to pick you up from kids' church. You've got three sisters. Faith, hope, and grace. <laughs> Hi, I'm here to pick up faith, hope, grace, and my little pain. <laughs> His whole life, pain. You're a pain. That's all you ever got to be. That's who you are. The kids know why you call that, because you know it's pain. You're a pain. That's all you ever got to be. His brothers, who are less honourable than him, the scripture says, probably teeth him. That's all you ever going to be. You're a pain. That's all you ever going to be. That's all you're going to amount to. That's all you're going to do. Prophesied over his whole life, wiring him to think that way. This is who you are. This is all you are. This is all you're ever going to be. This is all you're ever going to do. Pain, 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 pain. Jabez had enough. So he interrupts the genealogies. Not even listed in this family. Don't care. Bless me in them. Enlarge my territory. That your hand will be with me. Keep me from evil. And I don't care what anyone says. I'm not going to cause pain. He was believing for breakthrough. Amen. The fifth thing you can ask God for is breakthrough. Even if you have suffered from a permanent limitation your whole life. Even if you've had a pattern your whole life. You can believe for God to break you free. Amen. How do I know that happened? Because God granted what he requested. You can believe for breakthrough. Had a word for our church at the start of the year. I said, God, I felt the Lord say he's going to deliver people from the snare of the fowl. You think about it, a fowl's a bird, flies, it's been snared. Can't fly anymore. Can't do the thing it's supposed to do. Can't do the thing it desires to do. It's been trapped. It wasn't the fowl's fault. The enemy had set a trap and now it was stuck. It was stuck because of something someone else did. 
It wasn't Jabez's fault. His mum calls him, called him pain. Yet he has to suffer the consequence of that name his whole life. You might be in a situation where something happened to you where you feel permanently limited and unable to do the thing you felt destined to do. And you might have been in that situation for a while. I'm here to let you know that God can deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Amen. 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 And set you free that you might be able to soar into all that God has for you. That is the Lord that we serve. Amen. Jabez interrupted the genealogies. It wasn't even his turn. It's the only time he's listed in the whole Bible. And yet he said, God, bless me indeed. Enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me. Keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. And God didn't say, listen, you're not as needy as others. Don't ask again. The Bible says God granted what he requested. Yes. And I felt for some people, I felt the Lord told me to come here today. Um, I'm reasonably busy. But I felt the Lord send me here to let you know he's going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That limitations imposed by others, external, God's about to break, and you're about to start soaring into the areas that God actually has for you. Amen? I only do a few Sundays a week, a year away now. I don't do it very often, but I felt I needed to come to you guys. Because I felt God say that the prayer of Jabez is coming into your life and into this church. That increased blessing and financial prosperity is coming into this place. Increased territory and enlargement is coming into this place. The hand of the Lord is with you. Supernatural doors are about to open. Amen. God is going to protect you. Doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do. God is going to protect you. He's got your back, and He is going to deliver you from the snare of the fowler. That you're going to experience breakthrough into territory that you've always desired, away from some of the things that have held you back. That is part of the destiny for forever. Amen. Amen. So maybe you're here and you're saying, Ben, you know, pray for me for this. But that wouldn't be right with the text. It doesn't say Jabez went to the priest and asked him a blessing. No one was coming to Jabez, man. If Jabez was going to wait for someone to pray for him, it wasn't happening. He had to press through. He had to interrupt. He had to pray for himself. He had to be willing to verbalize. This was not a silent prayer. He prayed in his heart. How do we know that? Someone must have heard it and wrote it. So he confessed it. He declared it. And once he confessed it and declared it, God granted what he requested. Amen. And I feel for this house today, for us to land this plane, that we are to declare it. Pray this. We're going to spend a moment or two and the band can come up. I want to start praying for this. And, and, and I want you to just start praying. And for some of you, one of these points is the thing. Maybe right now, one of these points is the thing. Maybe it's you believing for God's protection right now. Maybe it's believing for God's provision. Maybe it's believing you've got this desire to take this. Maybe there's a businessman here and you're saying, I'm just getting this stirring. I'm supposed to increase this. Maybe you're believing for a large church. I felt there's somebody else here. You've got a house, and the fact that you've got a house is a miracle. That there's somebody here, you've got a house, you broke a generational curse over your family because the generations before you, no one ever owned their own house, they only rented. 
And now that you've got your house, you've got the breakthrough, you think, oh, this is awesome, this is enough. And there's been another stirring, and God's saying, why don't you try for another one? Oh, could God really, oh, would God really want to enlarge my territory? Well, apparently yes. There's someone here, and, and you're about to step into something, you say, man, others have failed at this before, but I need the hand of the Lord with me. Maybe you believe for God's favor. Or maybe as I was speaking, you were highlighted about something that was a permanent limitation. It's been there a long time. There's somebody here, something happened to you 10 years ago, and that has caused a tenny barrenness in a particular area. And I felt God say, he's going to deliver you from that 10 years. He's going to restore the years of locusts in the county where you were He's going to set you free from that thing that happened to you, and you're going to come back right back to where you should be right now. Whatever it is, but he prayed it, and God granted what he requested. It wasn't sovereign. It's not like Solomon, where God comes to Solomon and says, ask me whatever you want. This is not that. This is a guy who wasn't a king, who wasn't from the right family, who wasn't from the right side of the tracks. He decided to barge on in, and God granted what he requested. Amen? Amen. So I can stand your feet. The man's going to worship and it doesn't matter what they worship. I don't care what they do. Because the rest of us are going to pray. I want you to verbalize. You don't have to yell at screen. Verbalize. Maybe you just want to keep praying that prayer. Whatever it is. But maybe there's one part of it you're saying. Let's spend a moment or two doing that one. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you bless us in Jesus. Enlarge our territory. That your hand be with us. Yes, that you keep us from evil. That we might have breakthrough, not cause pain. Not do the things that others have seen. I pray for that, Father, right now in Jesus' name. Every person here, for those believing for provision, Lord, Father, I thank you, Lord, believing for that release of faith. I thank you for some who have given us creative ideas, Lord God. For some who are actually changing course in their provision, Lord God, to send them into a place where there's an increased level of provision. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for those that are believing for increase, Lord God, that they're taking whatever it is, the department that you've given them, Lord, the ministry that you've given them, the business that you've given them, Lord God, the workplace you've given them, Lord, that they're going to take that and they're going to increase and expand it and enlarge it, take it from where it is to another level. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you for your favour, Lord God, for those that are believing for your favour, Lord, on an endeavour that's ahead. I praise you, Lord, and thank you for that favor. I thank you and believe you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. For those who need your protection right now, I pray protection for this house, Lord God. Surrounded by the shield, Lord God. I pray protection for your people in this house, Lord God. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I just ask and pray, Father, for breakthrough. For those that are believing for breakthrough in their lives, Lord. Breakthrough from things that have held them back. Breakthrough from things that have Scares of the enemy, Lord God. I thank you and praise you for that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Blessing, favor, increase, protection, Lord God. Breakthrough. I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord.